Hi, my name is Jenny Kwong. And I'm Nathan Taylor. Welcome to Earthlink on CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary on Treaty 7 lands and Métis Region 3. So what do you have for us this month, Nathan? Well, Jenny, for this April's episode of ArtsLink, we'll be featuring an interview with the lead programmer of the Calgary Underground Film Festival, Cam McGowan. And I have an interview with Shannon Lanigan and Jared Tailfeathers from designtalks.org. Amory Cal Valley, who used to host the show Space and Place about art, design, and architecture on CGSW. She helped to found Design Talks, which is back doing public events and exhibitions this May. Hi, my name is Jenny Kwong for ArtsLink on CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary. Today I'm speaking with Shannon Lanigan and Jared Tailfeathers about a new exhibit taking place in May this year. So welcome both of you to the show. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having us. I guess uh, um, talk, each of you uh, talk about the role you have with this exhibit. Jared? Um, uh, I am Jared Tailfeathers. I am the artistic um, lead for Design Talks. I'm a practicing artist uh, out of Calgary, and I'm also a member of the uh, Blood Tribe of Southern Alberta, also known as Kainai or Gaina, uh, one of the Blackfoot Confederacy nations. And for this project, uh, I've been able to uh, work with Shannon and the rest of the detox team to display some really great work by uh, Laura and Casadilla, who are two artists from Puerto Rico, and and how that works with you know power and and politics and activism with climate change and things like that. And uh, it's it's a beautiful work. Uh, before we talk about more of that, I'll, I'll let Shannon introduce herself. I guess uh, Shannon, can you talk more about detox? Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, I'm Shannon Lanigan. I'm the um, managing director for a charitable organization here in Calgary called the Design Talks Institute. We go by short with Detox, not to be com- uh, confused with um, the Detox uh, going through reha- rehabilitation, but mostly uh, more about the, the conversation about art and architecture and design and uh, the built environment within our city. So Design Talks has been around since 2013. It was founded by a small group of people and led by Amory Calvelli as our uh, fearless leader um, that we have uh, been able to produce a number of uh, talks and exhibits and um, competitions around ideas um, for a number of years. And so, yeah, this latest project that Jared was speaking to is, is our latest um, foray into installation work. All right. Uh, Jared, uh, can you talk more about the artists you mentioned before? Sure. Um, they're a duo of artists that, that work in, um, in Puerto Rico, like I said, and their, their work is, is mainly about um, activism against you know political powers and also the the physical powers of of electricity and and uh oil and gas stuff like that and how there's a lot of corruption uh in their community uh revolving this sort of power uh structure and how they they use the industrial waste or the industrial products 
to make beautiful artwork. And we, uh, Detox, was working with Archive uh, Decentralized Museum to get this work here on exhibit uh, and install it at you know a prominent place in the city and and so we're working with the calgary public library at the central library downtown to uh, have their work electromagnetic field um, displayed for several months from may through august and so we're having a, a discussion a panel discussion uh, at the beginning of may on may 4th to discuss the artwork but also to to discuss, um, you know, power struggles and and power and how it relates to southern Alberta and to Canada and how, uh, you know, different practicing uh, artists and and architects and and climate change leaders are are linking together to make uh, artwork and and activism uh, projects to talk directly about these things and so we're really excited to have that panel discussion uh, lots of really great um, open speakers and and people that are that are you know a lot smarter at, at this sort of climate stuff than than we are and, and we're really happy that they'll be part of that process and uh, I think Shannon can probably speak a little bit more to to some of this process as well. Yeah, um, I guess that uh, Detox has been on a little break uh, for the last few years from doing um, public uh, talks and exhibitions. So what's it like uh, returning to the public uh, scene, I guess? Yeah. Um, yeah, we have. We've been on a bit of a hiatus, and though um, we've been doing uh, online programming prim primarily for the 21-22 season, um, this is our first uh, main event that we've had, um, uh, and we're really, really excited to come back to the public. We feel like there's so many things that people want to talk about, and we want to create an environment where people can come and listen and engage and have the opportunity to feel um, educated, inspired, um, wanting to do more um, with our with these with this public conversation. Um, I guess a part of uh, talking about design is. Uh, bringing people into the conversation. So I guess, uh, what do you hope uh, this exhibit will help with that? Yeah. Jared? Uh, well, I think um, it will help, you know, translate some of the the higher uh, jargon of, of climate-related uh, work to to the regular people like Shannon and myself, who are you know really more art lovers and discussion lovers, uh, where we you know you know specifically for myself, uh, there was a lot of talk about um, coal mining in southern Alberta and and the Blackfoot Confederacy was you know very highly against it because it would be going to be mining um, a mountain range that's really culturally uh, important to us and you know there's a lot of you know, forest fires and a lot of things that we can see are direct roots of or direct um, runoff, I guess, from from climate change and and all these, you know, power things that are going on. And for me, that's, you know, it hit me personally because uh, I started becoming more 
attached to my cultural heritage uh, while being an adult and, and less when I was growing up. And so uh, for me, it's it's uh, <laughs> sort of a way to protect uh, my own cultural history by making sure that I'm active in, in that regard and, and to pair uh, my activism and, and my awareness with other people who are feeling the same way and and being able to celebrate that in in a sort of visual and artistic way i think is really important i think uh it's also easier for um people who are you know just regular joes and regular people in the uh, community to digest through um through artwork and and specifically for this artwork because uh the artists they used industrial uh iron shavings on a canvas and they they laid it out over top of a electromagnetic field like what it's called uh, but really it's just a bunch of wires in a really uh really crazy sort of um massive uh it looks like a grid actually it's a whole bunch of uh it's a whole bunch of lines or over each other and intersecting and they just powered it uh, by plugging it right into their studio wall which goes directly into the the power main power grid in, in in their city in puerto rico and so they they you know were using this thing that they have strong feelings against to also make something beautiful and and what it came up with were were waves of iron shavings and and it it looks so amazing and and i think people will really gravitate to that and it's a quite a large piece it's about uh eight feet long and it's quite heavy uh it's uh like 80 pounds or something like that and it's and it will be in a prominent place in in the central library uh for those few months and uh we're really excited to uh to show that off for everyone all right and i guess uh what can you say about uh bringing this piece to the public, uh, Shannon? Yeah, so we uh, we partnered with an organization, uh, Jared mentioned them briefly, called Archive. And they're a new group that is building a decentralized museum. So the premise of Archive is rather than being um, like a gallery museum style organization where everything is housed internally and then and then and then decide decided what goes out to the public they wanted to um begin to curate and acquire pieces um through communities so they uh, have a, a community group that um are all members of archive the um the pieces that are up for acquisition and consideration are presented to the community and then the community votes on what it is that they want to acquire so once they acquire these pieces the goal is then to have the pieces uh represented um, in different cities across the world and allowing public access to these pieces rather than being housed in a in a museum and there's a lot of um you know conversation around the um the openness and and uh um welcoming feeling that museums present and so there's a lot of talk about that we could probably have a full another conversation um around around uh that architecture but the, the idea is really to get their pieces out into the public so knowing that 
um, we approached them to see if they'd be interested in having the piece showcased here in Calgary. And at the same time, taking the opportunity, like Jared said, to create a dialogue and discussion for, for the public in, in what that means. So there was a really beautiful quote by Allura and Calzadilla, and they said, there's something poetic about electromagnetic energy, how it travels in this invisible wave through the universe. But there's also this duality in how these invisible short forces can shape concrete reality so we're, we're inviting the public not only to come to our conversation but within the exhibit really start to think about what those interconnectedness um, energies are between themselves their city what does energy mean to them and uh, we're hoping that they'll feel inspired um, by this by this installation well thank you for the conversation so far um, anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up this uh, interview? Yeah. Well, the design talk is on May 4th. Um, it will be at the Calgary Central Library. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. and the program will begin promptly at 7 p.m. Uh, we'll have a uh, introduction. Uh, we will have each speakers kind of introduce what, what it is that they bring uh, to this topic. And then we'll have a panel discussion and a Q&A session. So that will kind of be the, the content of the program. Um, we have a link that people can register on if they go to www.dtalks.org. Registration is open and available and the event is free and public. Uh, free to the public. And Jared, any last words? Um, I think Shannon uh, said everything that needs to be said, uh, except for um, we're really excited to host this this discussion. And we chose some really animated uh, people to, to, do, to be panelists. So uh, it won't be boring. Everyone come out and, and look at the really beautiful artwork. And, and maybe we'll all learn a thing or two. Um, and that's everything I got to say about that. All right. Thank you, Shannon and Jared, for your time today. And we'll talk to you again at another time. Thanks. Thank you. Hi, this is Jenny Kwong for ArtsLink on CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary. That was my interview with Shannon Lanigan and Jared Tailfeathers talking about the return of Design Talks with a panel discussion and exhibit at the Central Public Library. The talk is called Let's talk about dot 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 the grid on May 4th from 7 to 10 p.m. at the Central Public Library located at 802 3rd Street Southeast. Free tickets are available on their website at dtalks.org. That is D-T-A-L-K-S dot org. The exhibit will be on display starting May and going into August at the Central Public Library. You're listening to Arts Link on CGSW 90.9 FM. And on today's show, we're, we're speaking with Cameron McGowan from uh, the Underground Film Festival. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Good to be back. Yeah, man. We have talked last time in 2016. That's how long I've been with the Calgary Underground Film Festival. This oh. is year 11 for me, so I've been with them for 10 years. Now, Working on 11. Now, you're, uh, since we spoke last, your festival has expanded to the most films in the longest time span that it's ever had. Do you want to talk about how how you guys ramped up to this? Yeah, th yeah, yeah. It's been a lot of hard work. It uh, we have forty two feature films. Um, I think there's over a hundred films and events altogether, eleven days, and 
we just if we feel like the city deserves it you know it's like we're coming post covid last year cuff was nice it was really great to be back in the cinema we had adapted to the virtual environment the two years before that um, amidst the pandemic and uh, we really just missed our audience and we missed having guests and so this year we have 55 guests in attendance for the underground film festival and uh, so there's going to be a lot of great Q&As and a lot of good opportunities to meet the people behind the films. And uh, so we just wanted to celebrate 20 years in style, but also test out expanding and adding multiple days to the end of the festival. We dabbled in it a bit last year. We had a couple movies on the closing weekend and they were well attended. So we're like, let's fully stack that closing weekend now. Go the full 11 days and uh, we kicked things off with the National Canadian Film Day screening of Comic Book Confidential. So we can even consider it 12 days if you want to include that night with uh, Ron Mann, the director in attendance. The brains behind such films as Grass and Altman and uh, Carmine Street Guitars. So it was great to speak with him about his masterpiece of um, the comic book industry. It uh, it's not many films like Comic Book Confidential where you have access to people like Will Eisner and Jack Kirby and Art Spiegelman and uh, Frank Miller's even in that movie. And uh, Ron Mann got to interview all these guys when he was 24 years old, Torontonian filmmaker, you know. It's just uh, the spirit of Cuff is getting to chat with the filmmakers and get the stories out of them and how they feel about it 35 years later or two weeks later or... You know, two years later, whatever, uh, filmmaking, you know, it stays with you. The stories are like battle scars for some people, you know, <laughs> or trophies for other people. Well, I should mention that by the time folks are listening to this broadcast of ArtsLink, it'll be the 24th. So your festival has been going on for some time. Excellent. But while we're talking about guests, um, you know, in the week that folks have left, uh, do you want to mention some other guests that they might want to see in the movies they're attached to? Yeah, 100%. So we have uh, the Nick and Joe from the Found Footage Festival are returning with their 10th installment of the Found Footage Festival, which is a presentation of the most outrageous VHS clips contextualized by Joe and Nick, two of the funniest guys and the historians of this pop culture of tape collecting. So uh, tape collecting is pretty much the early internet viral videos, right? Grape Lady is a classic one. Anyone falling on a news set, just uh, unintended cringe comedy where people had the best intentions and a camcorder, but what often resulted was a disaster that is very comedic in hindsight for the rest of us. And so Nick and Joe have short films at the festival. And so one of uh, Nick's short films is playing before Kim's video, which Nick is actually in because he works with the Draft House. And the Alamo Draft House plays a big part in the film Kim's Video, which is a documentary on the New York video store Kim's Video that had everything. They had bootlegs of movies people hadn't heard of. Um, this was a film school for a lot of New York filmmakers coming up in the 90s. That uh, This was pre-streaming back when we had to go to the video stores. And this was a video store that went out of their way to have literally every movie that existed and had staff that knew about these movies. So it was very much like a library for geeks. And uh, so this is what happened to the Kim's video collection. Uh, when the video store era died and uh, some hardcore nerds who try to bring it back to New York where uh, the video store was initially set up. When, uh, if people want to watch Kim's video, what day is that? Yeah, Kim's video plays on April the 25th. That's a Tuesday 
at 7 p.m. Uh, other films with guests, we have Satanic Hispanics playing on April 27th, this Thursday, with Mike Mendez in attendance. And Mike Mendez is a feature filmmaker behind such films as Big Ass Spider and The Covenant. He is hardcore horror pulp dude dedicated to the craft, um, a student of Sam Raimi and folks of that ilk, Charles Band and those guys. So a very 80s style of filmmaking. And he directs one of the four segments. They're all directed by Latino filmmakers. And they're all extremely amazing um, conceptually or visually. And there's some amazing gore. There's a Canadian film in there from Gigi, who's a filmmaker in Vancouver, who has a film called Bingo Hell that's out. That's her feature. But she's made some great shorts. Uh, most infamously, El Gigante, we played at Cuff, which is a Lucha Libre meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So uh, Mike Mendez will be in attendance for Satanic Hispanics. And Mike is one of the most charming dudes around. Um, so you definitely want to go visit for that. And Cult Hero, we have Canadian filmmaker Jesse uh, Thomas Cook in attendance with the lead star of that film. And so this is what happens when a cult-busting uh, vigilante type dude, like a, think like a dirty hairy vigilante Judge Dredd type, is paired with a Karen gone wild. Like, a, may I talk to your manager gone wild? Uh, and they're unleashed on a satanic crew. So it's kind of a classic buddy pairing 48 hours style for the modern era, but uh, while busting some cultist heads in a very B-movie fashion. And uh, Jesse's been around for over a decade making these types of films, and we're going to be really excited to have him in attendance. Can you go about the process of how you folks kind of send out your tendrils and find these films in some cases? Okay, okay. so the process of programming is a year-long process. So once Cuff, the festival ends, we kind of start on the next one. And that means talking to our friends about what they like that they've seen that's new when they go to markets like Berlin or Cannes. So there's some movies that screen that aren't part of film festivals yet in markets that um, some festivals are looking to get the world premiere of. And luckily some of those people are our friends, so we'll talk to them about what's coming up and what we should keep our eyes on. But we also attend other festivals ourselves in person um, just to see what's best for Cuff. Because Cuff, we have a very specific sensibilities in that we want to program for kind of all outsider cinema fans so any fringe culture fans we're we're accepting we're not like a strictly genre festival because we'll try to include music documentaries or um, political documentaries or the occasional romantic comedy because we kind of want everyone that enjoys modern fringe filmmaking to experience what's uh, currently happening in the world of that cinema and so to do that we got to go to the other festivals the trend setters um like fantastic fest fantasia toronto international film festival sundance south by southwest we'll slam dance we'll go to those ones in person um but for screener links the internet has opened it up that you can email someone in japan quite easily now um, or in norway and so if you just hear of a cool movie you can just email them. And um, so Sat Satanic Hispanics was actually a very easy one to book because it had premiered at Fantastic Fest. And with a title like that, uh, it, you're going to go, okay, I'll be sure to watch Satanic Hispanics at some point. 
and uh, it was acquired by a distributor that we have a relationship with, Dread. Um, and uh, so we just shot Dread an email. Uh, what's the deal with Satanic Hispanics? When's it going to be online? What are your other festivals? Can we play it? Can we bring a guest? And then some films are just sent to us from the general public. So we had over a thousand, I shouldn't say general public, general filmmaking public. And so we had over a thousand submissions um, that, to watch with our dedicated programming team of previewers. Everything gets watched at least twice. Most things get watched three to five times before we make decisions on that. And so some films um, have come through, uh, feature films that we've programmed that were just submitted to us, or films like Stefan was one. It's a French um, found footage film that uh, it's cringe comedy meets horror in the way that the French do. There's an infamous French mockumentary called Man Bites Dog. It's a document, fake documentary on a serial killer, but he's a very charming serial killer. And so this is that French model where uh, there's an independent filmmaker and Stefan um, trying to make his student film. And it gets disrupted by a dude who ends up being more charismatic than any of the actors in his movie. So he just follows this guy. Oh, that sounds great. And the guy ends up being a total nut. Right. And so we all, we, there's always room for those movies that people have never heard of. Um, uh, and it's, it has been doing well. But when we programmed it, it hadn't played any, anywhere yet. And since it's been booked at some other festivals. So that always feels nice because good, uh, the cream rises, as they say. Good movies are good movies. Like recently, Skinner Rink out of Edmonton made for $15,000, um, grossed over $5 million in the box office. And, you know, that's pure profit, man. He got turned down by the Alberta Foundation for the Arts. So it's like good good, good stuff is good stuff. Um, but uh, there's a lot of movies out there, so it takes a lot of work to try to find what's best for our audience, what works best timing-wise. And uh, when movies don't work out timing-wise, we often try to present them at uh, our um, off-the-cuff events. Um, so it's a series of films called Off the Cuff at the Globe. And we'll do a single screening of a film that we would have really wanted for the festival that's coming out before us. So we presented Skin and um, with a Q&A with Kyle. And, uh, oh, cool. Yeah, it was a very cool experience. That uh, was back in January, I think. Anyway. Um, now, for folks that are interested in this Stefan movie you're referencing, when is that going to be airing? Stefan is playing on uh, April 26th. That's a Wednesday at uh, 9.15 p.m. following the Found Footage Festival. So it's a found footage movie following the Found Footage Festival. We only have a few more minutes left. I, I do want to mention a couple of specific films to get you to talk about that looked really interesting for me. Um, on Tuesday, the 27th at 7 p.m., Polaris. Yeah, so this is a film that opened the Fantasia Film Festival this past year, uh, based out of the Yukon from a mostly female production team. And it's best described as a dystopian survival tale that works with the landscape in the way that films like Jeremiah Johnson or Quest for Fire did, where it's mostly silent, mostly treating humans like um, they're part of the nature around them, like the animals or like the trees or the snow. Um, very landscape-driven, and uh, but but it's set in a dystopian future, so it also adds an element of the classic uh, roaming marauders um, as the conflict in the, the main conflict in the film. It's toured everywhere. Uh, this was probably like the 20th festival this movie's played, but it hasn't played Calgary yet, so we got to bring it. It's a Canadian achievement. It's a big Canadian achievement of the year. 
Well, Cam McGowan of the Calgary Underground Film Festival, thanks for coming in. Yeah, my pleasure. Always great uh, being in the booth with y'all. You are listening to ArtsLink on CJSW 90.9 FM, and that was our interview with Cameron McGowan, lead programmer of the Calgary Underground Film Festival. Visit calgaryundergroundfilm.org for more info and tickets. As well, if you visit the ArtsLink section of CJSW.com, you'll find links to all the films discussed on the show today. The Calgary Underground Film Festival runs until April 30th. That's it for ArtsLink this month. Stay tuned for our next episode, which will be airing on Monday, May 22nd. We'll be covering the 25th annual Fairy Tales Film Festival, which will take place in June. Thanks for listening to ArtsLink on CGSW 90.9 FM.